Hello and welcome back to Movius Ministries Podcast. This is your friend Josiah. I'm so excited to dive into today's study on Proverbs 5, you guys. I Proverbs 6 is probably going to be my favorite one that we're going to dive into because there's a lot of good stuff in that chapter. Um, you guys, I'm so glad that you're here just to uh, grow in the Lord. Um, today I had school. It was really good. I... Uh, we, we talked on Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. We talked about, um, we talked out of Ephesians. It was just really good class today and played some basketball. I, I, I did kind of my shin and my upper leg and my uh, kind of a little bit of my ankle on like my left ankle, my left shin and like higher up. I really hurt in basketball. So if you could please pray because it just, it hurts really, really bad. I just... I have not been stretching enough. Um, sometimes I just get really impatient. And I I guess like this morning I, no, it was yesterday morning. I was listening to another sermon by Joyce Meyer as I was making breakfast. And she talked about how she always felt like she's always in a rush to just do things. And I kind of struggle with that. And I'm not really sure why, but like it's hard sometimes for me to just sit and relax and I don't know why, and I wish that I, you know, I pray and hope that one day, uh, you know, God will really be able to heal me from that, and I don't know, sometimes it's just hard for me to just not do that, but um, let's open in prayer, you guys, and I am going to share the verse of the day today here on my podcast, and then we're going to dive into Proverbs 5. God, every spiritual attack that we face today, you know what it is, and we surrender it to you. Father, I pray that today we wouldn't lean on our own understanding based on the wisdom that we've learned, but we would lean on the Holy Spirit in every direction we go through, that we would trust in you. Heal our minds of doubt and double-mindedness. Father, help me not have a fear of man. Give me the right words to say today. Posture people's hearts rightly today. Help me say the right things on today's podcast, God. I just hear the Lord saying that he's reshaping things in your life. He's reconstructing things. And he's saying, don't overcomplicate it. He says, if you're struggling with that, come to me about that. Lord, heal me of my codependency, my people-pleasing, Lord, that I would learn a deeper way of what it means to fear you. God, I thank you that your love makes us uncomfortable so that we can know our identity more. I pray for those dealing with lustful thoughts, God, that you would refine them in your fire. 
you would remove things in their lives that are making them do that, God. Jesus, you never winked at sin. Father, our fears and our doubts that the enemy plants in our minds, please fight for us. Help us to come boldly before your throne with those things. That you love us so much, God. That you actually came down for us. I thank you for your word, God. That we can rest in what you say. And we can trust in that, God. Heal us from any idols in our lives. I thank you that where sin abounds, grace grace abounds even more. But that we wouldn't keep on sinning while expecting grace. God, we would have a balance. God, the connections that our minds make that we think about the Bible or about you, show us if those connections are true. The things that we've heard in the past that we hang on to that we think are so true, Lord, I pray that people would ask you, God, is this true? That they wouldn't lean on their own understanding. They wouldn't lean on their own wisdom. That people wouldn't feel threatened or feel like they're being conquered by spiritual bullies. God, that relationships that are having iron sharpening iron, God, that you would let there be a balance in those relationships. Help us with our insecurities, God. And lead us more in your ways, God. I thank you that there's nothing we can hide from you. The things that the enemy makes us think, that's coincidences, Lord. There are no coincidences in the kingdom of heaven. It's all about you. It's you. Father, I just pray that you'd pour out radical revelation, that your will would be done on today's episode, in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so verse of the day today is Romans 4, 4 through 5, which uh, I think it's, oh crap, I think it's, it might be Romans 14. I think this is the chapter that talks about how Abraham was made right with God. I think so. But here we go. When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. I love that so much. And I just love it how God's, um, You know, God's really just been, his love has been convicting my pride so hard. It's made me so uncomfortable. It's convicted me resting in my own self-righteousness or me resting in the wisdom that I've learned. And it's like, it's just so dangerous. There's so much scripture in Jeremiah that talks about how dangerous it is to rest in your own wisdom, to, to trust in your own heart. It's so unwise. And, you know, Solomon talks about it as well. And, you know, we'll get into that later on when we when we come across that. But 
Here we go, guys. Uh, let's start Proverbs 5, verse 1. I just, you know, wherever you're at, just soak this in. Have open hearts and don't let me lead you. Just open your heart up to the Lord right now and just do that. We will be diving into a little bit of the Hebrew and I'll be uh, sharing some of my personal notes, you guys. Here we go. The title of, there's two titles in today's Proverbs 5 and um, the first title is Nothing But Sin and Bones. Here we go. Verse 1. Dear friend, Pay close attention to this, my wisdom. Listen very closely to the way I see it. Then you'll acquire the taste for good sense. What I tell you, it will keep you out of trouble. I think this is this is something right here, you guys, because we think that wisdom is just anything that we hear. Wisdom is truth. Wisdom is truth from the mouth of the Holy Spirit. And we have to be willing to say everything that I believe... I'll, not everything I believe is true, and I have to be willing to pay close attention to what wisdom really is. And then he goes on and says, then you'll acquire good sense for it. That speaks to me so much, you guys. If there's one thing, the num- if there's a number one thing that I wish I knew at the beginning of my walk with the Lord is that don't believe everything you hear. And it's so like, that's such like a big, like, like a that's such a common thing to say but i just like it's so true though you guys like we have to be willing to really put into practice iron sharpening iron instead of just agreeing with what people say when in our minds we're like no i don't actually agree with that just say that and when you do say that to someone say i'm not saying it to shame you and then say to them, that's something that you learned in the past, and that might not be true. And say, I'm in the same spot as well, where I might have learned something in the past that's not true, and now I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm being corrected, I'm I'm letting 2 Timothy 3.16 come into play in my life, where the Word of God, let me just, where the Word of God is... Second Timothy 3.16, it says, Every part of scripture is God-breathed for useful one way, uh, one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live in God's way. That's kind of my own thought that I kind of went on a rant on based on Proverbs 5. So let's continue. Uh, Verse 3. Sorry. The lips of a seductive woman are oh so sweet, but her soft words are so oh so smooth. But it won't be long before before she's gravel in your mouth. The pain in your gut, a wound in your heart. She's dancing down the primrose path to death. She's headed straight to hell and taking you with her. She hasn't a clue about real life, about who she is or where she's going. So in verse 1 and 2, it's saying here, Dear friend, pay close attention to this wisdom. It's going to give you good sense. He goes on and says, like, don't, like, the lips of the seductive woman is going to lead you down the wrong path. It's going to it's not going to give you good sense if you follow verse 1 and 2 and you say I'm going to follow good sense and seek wisdom, then I'm not going to go after verse 3 through 6 where it talks about the seductive woman. 
So he goes on in verse 7 says, So dear, so my friend, listen closely. Don't treat my words casually. Keep your distance from such a woman. Absolutely stay out of her neighborhood. You don't want to uh, squander your wonderful life, to waste your precious life among the hard-hearted. Why would you allow strangers take, to take advantage of you? Why, why be exploited to those who care nothing of you? You don't want to end your life full of regrets, nothing but skin and bones, saying, oh, why didn't I do what they told me? Why did I reject a disciplined life? Why didn't I listen to my mentors or take my teachers seriously? My life is ruined. I haven't one blessed thing to show for my life. So he's saying to you in verse 1 and 2, listen very closely to his wisdom and you're going to acquire good taste. And he says, and then he says, stay away from that seductive woman. Stay away from her. Stay close to my wisdom. You're going to sense, you're going to have good sense and discernment. And then he restates in verse 7 through 14 what we just said, what the kind of path that it's going to take you down towards if you do what the seductive woman is taking you down towards. And you know what? I just, right here where it just says, you don't want your life to be full of regrets, nothing but skin and bones. You guys, I, I, I cannot tell you how many moments I've had relapses with pornography or sleeping around or whatever. And I, my life has been full of regrets. And I think the Lord has used that to help me learn my lesson because he loves me. And he wants the best for me. And he wants me to learn from my lesson. So here we go. The next, this is verse uh, 15 through 23. And this title for these uh, verses are Never Take Love for Granted. Verse 15. Do you know the saying, Drink from your own rain barrel, draw water from your own spring fed well? It's true. Otherwise, you may one day come home and find uh, your barrel empty and your well polluted. Your spring water for you is your spring water for you. Yeah, okay. Your spring water is for you and you only, not to be passed around uh, among, not to be passed around among strangers. Bless your flesh flowing fountain. Enjoy the wife you married as a young man. Lovely as an angel, beautiful as a rose. Don't ever quit taking delight in her body. Never take her love for granted. Why would you trade enduring intimacies for cheap thrills with a whore? For dalliance with a uh, promiscuous stranger. Verse 21. Mark well that God doesn't miss a move you make. He's aware of every step that you take. The shadow of your sin will overtake you. James, uh, I think, 3 talks a little bit about that. Um, you'll find yourself stumbling all over yourself in the dark. Death is the reward of an undisciplined life. Your foolish decisions trap you to a dead end. It's so simple. Like, there's so many verses where it says your, the, your foolish decisions trap you in the dead end. There's so many verses in, like, I think it's Proverbs 14 or 15, but there's other chapters where Solomon just says, if you want to be wise, seek instruction, seek fresh insights, have an open heart, learn how to be childlike. There's, it's so simple, and he makes it so plain and clear, and I love it. But, um, what else? Um... I guess uh, 
it's really interesting because I've kind of noticed every chapter that I've read, that I read last month when I did a proverb a day last month in Proverbs, um, it almost seemed like he was telling a story. I know that might be kind of obvious, but it literally, when I when I read these chapters, it seems like that he's saying like the big chunks that are important of a story that he's telling. You know, Solomon wasn't just some guy that always sat on the throne and had you know a million concubines and was rich and had was full of wisdom. There were situations that he probably had stuff going on. Um. So the title of uh, again verses one through fourteen is uh, it is nothing but sin and bones, and he's just saying like that you you walk down this path of sexual immorality you're gonna walk into nothing but sin and bones you're gonna walk into things that are just so dangerous and we're in a new covenant and you know there's all I can say is that like when you relapse on sin, every time I've continued to put into practice, immediately confessing that sin, uh, Psalm 66, uh, David says, if I would not have confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened to my prayers. Now, um, there have been moments where there, I just didn't know that verse and God still had mercy upon it and he still showed me mercy, but um you know, if we know something that we should be doing in a moment and we don't do it, that that's a problem. Um, I think, you know, conf- like I've said, confessing sin is just super important in a Christian's life. Whenever I relapsed, I went to my dad or I went to a, f- a friend of mine where I would just confess it really fast and then be done with it. I would I would confess it. Um, so you, when you relapse in sexual integrity issues where he's talking about um, the seductive woman uh, the lips of hers are so sweet when you just fall into that kind of stuff. Um, you know, first things first, it's Galatians 6, one says to when someone falls into sin, you who are led by the spirit should restore them gently. Um, other, the message version says you should keep your, keep your critical thoughts to yourself. I love it so much. In Galatians 6, the context is Paul is actually writing just a bunch of rules of like things that a Christian is supposed to do. And then he goes on in verse 9. He says, if we keep doing these things, if we keep planting good seeds in our lives without getting um, tired or weary, uh, tired and, he says, and weary, um, we will reap a harvest of blessings. So some of my personal notes on Proverbs 5, you guys, where it says, uh, verses 3 through 6, where it just, again, talks about the lips of uh, seductive women are oh so sweet, but her soft words are uh, oh so smooth. Um, I'm wondering, um, there's a verse that I heard a little while ago. I think I tried to find it. I thought it was in Revelation, but it talks about how the hands of Jezebel are soft like um i think it was soft like feathers but heavy like chains and i just kind of related it with that verse and so my next notes um let's see to waste oh right here where it says um you don't want to squander your wonderful life to waste your precious life among the hard-hearted um, oh, I just thought it was backing up uh, uh, Proverbs 1 where it talks about not walking with the wicked. 
where Proverbs 1 says, don't walk with people that just live bad and are just like not living right, not living Christ-like. He goes, you don't want to, I just connect it with verse 7 through 14 where it says, you don't want to squander your wonderful life. He's saying you're already on a good path of um, paying close attention to his wisdom and and then acquiring good sense. And then he goes, it, it, um, he goes, what I tell you will keep you out of trouble. He goes, you don't want to squander off that. He goes, you don't want to waste your precious life among the hard-hearted. And then verses, uh, let's try to read. No, this wouldn't have happened. Oh, like again, uh, chapter two, verses. Oh, so if I wrote in my notes, I said, if these people wouldn't have squandered off from the wonderful life they had and waste their precious life to the among the hard-hearted, just let it all go, and then you live in all these regrets, I go, um, they wouldn't have fallen into this if they just did pro- uh, where it says in Proverbs one and two two uh chapter one verses 25 through 33 where it says since you laugh at my counsel and make a joke at my advice how can i take you seriously i'll turn the tables and joke about your troubles what if the roof falls in and your whole life goes to pieces what if catastrophe strikes and there's nothing to show for your life but rubble and ashes um and then it says in verse 29, because you hated knowledge and had nothing to do with the fear of God, because you wanted nothing, you wouldn't take my advice. You brushed aside all my offers to train you. Um, I think there's another to connect to kind of connect with that is I think it's later on in Proverbs, but it talks about why is God always getting the blame when people walk away from God? Why is he always getting the blame when God's continuing to try to teach us, but we just want to be so prideful and so caught up in our own wisdom? And God's like, I have better things for you. There's things that I want to grow you in, and it's going to make you uncomfortable, but I can give you peace throughout that. I can comfort you through that. I can help you through this. And the reason why you might not believe that is because you've grown up in a church where that's just not taught. But again, you cannot believe everything that you hear growing up. And that's not just like, like, like not wanting to believe the things that you know are not true, but it's also the things that you do believe that could possibly be wrong. And I'm not saying that to say like out of fear and make you be like, oh gosh, well, what do I do? Like, no, like take it to the Lord as cliche and as simple as that sounds. You've got to realize again who it is that you're coming before and that he loves you so much and that he wants you to be filled with truth and wisdom and discernment according to what Proverbs 1 and 2 talks about. And what we just read in Proverbs 5 where it's like, guard this wisdom. It will guide you. It will give you good insight. I wrote in my last note for this chapter... I said verse 17 through 20 really spoke to me. Um, Where it says, uh, why 
it's it, when it when it's talking about now I've just thought about this about you know having this thought when I get married one day but when it says um enjoy the wife you married as a young man not that I'm married right now but this is it's almost like it's prophetically speaking to me that this is going to speak to me even when I'm married but it says um lovely as an angel beautiful as a rose don't ever quit taking delight in her body it says never take her now that's not lust well it is but it's it's in the right context i've heard lots of stuff on you know can you lust when you're married can you not i'm like it's you're not committing adultery you're married already if if it's committing adultery then you can't then then why are you having sex with them in the first place um, where it says, never take her love for granted. It says, why would you trade enduring intimacies with your wife for cheap thrills with a whore? Because we're so caught up in pornography and how we think it looks so great, but we have no idea what happens behind the scenes in that. We have no idea what the woman feels like, how empty they are, and how they're going there so that they can feel a little bit of love from someone when it's not even real love. It's all fake. They know that. We don't. They meaning them. Like, they're empty. It's satisfying in the moment. But when they're done, they're like... I mean, just like Solomon said, he's like, this is what a prostitute is like. He goes, he goes, he sleeps with their, with their partner. And she goes, she, she, she uh, takes a shower. And she goes, who's next? That's it. That's what Solomon says. He's like, that's, that's what it is. He, that's, what, what, that's what a prostitute does. She has sex. She gets in the shower. She goes, who's next? That's it. That's the same thing that's going on in pornography, you guys. And it took me a long time to get out of pornography, but my heart continued to say, God, I relapsed. I'm going to get on my knees now and humble myself before you and say, I'm sorry. I'm grieving over my sin right now. I wish I didn't do that. Having all this regret, just like it says, when you go down that path of uh, following the lips of the seductive woman he goes after if you go down the way you're gonna have all this regret and you know but it's just like isaiah 57 like uh like god talks about how he's close to those people that have regret about their sin he says a little bit in isaiah 66 he says a little bit in uh in isaiah 57 and then, and then in ezekiel he's talking to i think i think he was talking to the prophet ezekiel but he goes the israelites they don't even care about their sin they're just sinning and they're like oh whatever oh yeah <laughs> like oh yeah we'll just make another sacrifice and then you know god and then you can read hosea where god's addressing that he's like your motive is so wrong and i don't want that i don't want your sacrifices i want your love but he says in ezekiel he's like they have no grievance over their sin we're not hurting for what he's hurting over if god didn't hate or hurt over sin he wouldn't have sent Jesus. And if you think God doesn't sin, doesn't, doesn't, if you think God doesn't, I said that wrong. If you think God doesn't grieve over sin, then why is one of the fruits of the Spirit long-suffering? The key verses that I kind of, uh, locked up here in this chapter is verses 3 through 14 again where in verse 3 it talks about the lips of the seductive seductive women and then uh where it ends in verse 14 where it talks about you know uh kind of how you just like uh it says you you rejected a disciplined life and you just walked into the ways of sexual immorality and uh it's just you know go check it out for yourself but uh 
I, I, I put in the letters W-I-L in every chapter that I read, and it stands for what did I learn. I didn't really learn anything in this chapter, which is fine. Um, and the context for this chapter seems to be about walk away from lust slash ungodliness sexual immorality and that kind of stuff but uh let's dive into the hebrew here guys i got a few words for you crap okay i'm gonna have to go to my email really quick Excuse me, I'm trying to find this uh, email, guys. Just hang, hang tight. Here it is. Okay. Man, I gotta eat something. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the definition for the word seductive, where it says in verse three through six, where it says the lips of a seductive woman are oh so sweet, but her words are oh so smooth. The word seductive in the dictionary is uh, tending to lead astray and appointment to mislead by flattering appearances. Um, you know, this is, a, this is another really interesting thing uh, where it says uh, the word, the, the next word regret, where it says... Um, was right there man um oh it says you won't want to end your life full of regrets nothing but skin and bones and before again it's talking about you know don't walk away from your wonderful life of discipline and and, and wisdom learning and yada 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 um it says you won't want to live your life full of regrets the word uh the the definition of regret in the dictionary is um to have not repented or uh which bringeth no regret um, there's just no repentance. Uh, and then the word it says right here, um, in verses 15 through 16, where it says, do you know the saying, drink from your own rain barrel, draw water from your own spring fed well. It says it's true. Otherwise you may have, uh, you may one day come home and find, uh, your barrel empty and your well polluted. I don't really understand this verse, but, uh, what uh, pollute means is to profane, defile, pollute, or desecrate. If I said that last word right, but um, oh, uh, where it says uh, to go on in verses seventeen through twenty, uh, it says, "Why would you?" Tr this is again talking about uh, the wife that you married very young. Where it says, "Why would you trade your enduring intimacies with your wife for cheap thrills with a whore?" Uh, where it says enduring intimacies, the definition for that is to go astray, uh, swerve, or meander. And it's like, why would you just, why would you do that? Um, I get it. We don't fight against flesh and blood. and But, um, you know, I don't think Solomon's saying this out of shame. I think he's saying it to promote us higher. Because it's not Solomon really speaking. It, it's really the Lord. So, this isn't the word of Solomon. It's the word of God. And... Um, uh, the last last two words, um, the word dalliance, it means to uh, linger, uh, acts of uh, fondness, toying, 
um, as youthful dalliance. That's interesting because uh, Paul says Timothy to f- to flee. Uh, what is it? Youthful uh, passions. And where does it say that? Where does it talk about? Um, where does it say dalliance? Right here, where it says. Uh, Again, where it says, why would you trade enduring intimacies for cheap thrills with a whore? It says, for dalliance with a uh, promiscuous stranger. Uh, Dalliance is, uh, again, delay, uh, acts of fondliness, and uh, youthful dalliance. Um, And... uh, It also means to embrace or clasp. So why, you know, anyway... um, Promiscuous. Uh, let's see. Mingled. Uh, confused. With it, why, why would you? Why would you uh, mess around with a confused stranger? I mean, honestly, these people that are even do these doing these pornography videos. Um, where where they're probably just really confused and they just feel lost and we have to continue to have a soft heart towards them and understand why they're falling in so easily to the sin you guys they we can't be hard on them we have to realize they're fighting against a demon and we have to be willing to show the love of jesus and say hey repentance is important but i also want to show you that i love you and i want the best for you and that you're fighting against something that you can't fight against yourself you can't i can't no one can we have to be willing to approach it with love and grace. I'm not sugarcoating. Um, you know? So here we go. Um, good sense. Where it says right here, it says, Dear friend, pay close attention to this. Pay attention to my wisdom. Listen very closely to the way I see it. It says, Then you'll acquire good taste. Oh, sorry. Then you'll acquire a taste for good sense. Um, good sense, uh, the, the, the definition is to discern, understand, or consider. That's really interesting to me. So let's just reread that. Dear friend, pay close attention to this. My wisdom. Listen very closely to the way that I see it. Then you'll acquire a good taste for discernment, understanding, and consideration. Hmm. That's interesting. I like that a lot. Um... And then trouble where it goes on and says, what, uh, uh, what I tell you will keep you out of trouble. And then he goes on and he's telling, and then he tells you what I'm about to tell you is going to keep you out of trouble and, uh, trouble. The definition is, uh, keep you out of bad things, things that are, uh, disagreeable or, um, how do I pronounce that? M-A-L-I-G-N-A-N-T. I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce that, but. Oh, those are, that's some good stuff, you guys. Um, disagreeable stuff. Maybe he's talking about stuff that God disagrees with. Like God's, like this this stuff that he's leading you towards is going to keep you away from uh, things that God disagrees with. So, it's simple. I mean, it's I I I think I think there's um, secrets and proverbs that we can find, but it's all a lot of it's really simple, guys. It's just really good stuff. Um, again, I do think that some of the stuff that um, uh, later on in Proverbs, it it seems like it's almost like Solomon could be talking about like a riddle. Sometimes it does seem like that, and I could be totally off, but um, it's kind of what it seems like. I might I might be wrong, but Ooh, I'm tired. I gotta eat, and uh, 
just some stuff. I gotta have my quiet time still, and so um, that's my proverb six for you guys. Let's close in prayer. I know it's such a common thing said. The reason why we're getting sick and tired of hearing it is because we're getting stuck on the wording instead of who's actually saying it. But I hear the Lord saying again, stop looking behind, stop looking to the sides, and look to me. Abide in me, Jesus said, and you will be fruitful. Come to God with your worries, your what-ifs, your anxieties, your insecurities. If you don't know how to, tell him that. If you don't know what to say, tell him that. Lord, I just pray that people would be more real and more honest with you, God. You would give them discernment, God, whatever they need, just give it to them. I pray for those that are in deep suffering, God. That those that just have a tough time just sitting and resting in your arms. Help us to not rest in our own wisdom, but to keep seeking you. Humble us, Father. I pray for those that need breakthrough, God, that you'd give it to them, that they'd come into that season. I just hear the Lord saying he's turning things around. The enemy's been playing this chess game with you, but God, every single time he makes a move, God is saying, checkmate. There's nothing that the enemy will do that God will not use for good or promote you into more grace and favor. For those of you that feel trapped or stuck or not knowing where to go, you're right where you need to be. If you're not where you need, if, if you think you're not where you think you need to be, then God is not sovereign. God is in control. He sees you. He adores you. He sings songs over you. Lord, help us to have a reverent fear of your love for us. Wrap us in your arms and remind us to find security in your return for us, God. You're coming back to save your bride. I pray for those that have desires in their hearts to be met, God, that you change their hearts to come to you. Don't let people fall astray, God. 
for those that need to cry, God. Help them to cry. I even just hear God saying he's making things more simple in your life. He's simplifying things. He's bringing things together. And just say with me, God, you are my hope. You know what? Don't listen. No, don't listen to that. Say your own thing to him. Don't don't repeat after what I say. Say to him what's on your heart right now. Be real with him. God, there is nothing that we're hiding from you. And we stretch our, stretch our arms out wide because your arms are open wide for us. Lord, I'm undone by who you are, by how rich your mercy is, and by what you say about us in Ephesians 1 and 2. I thank you that you were working behind the scenes to make the Bible in the Old Covenant and even in the New. All those things people wrote, you said, I am doing something behind the scenes, something that people can go to to find hope and strength and grace and correction and reproof and new wisdom. God, I thank you for your word that we have it all right now. That thought of, oh, God's word can't speak to me. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. That is a lie from the pit of hell. God, you want to speak with us. I pray for those that are struggling to believe the things that you say, God, that you take them through your refiner's fire, not out of punishment, God, but out of love and out of promotion from your heart. Lord, it's not about the prayers that I pray, how long my prayers are. It's about my heart. So God, change our hearts to be postured rightly before you whenever we pray. We rest in your love tonight, and I thank you for the wisdom that you poured out, God. I thank you for your peace. That we would say right now, we trust you, God, that we're leaving everything else behind. We're leaving everything else behind because you're coming back for us. You're, you're saying, God, I, you're, God, you're saying, I've forgotten about your sin. I have forgiven it. I've left everything behind and I'm coming back for you. And one day I'll be with you forever. Lord, please lead people to my podcast so that they can encounter you. Lead people to the things that are true about you, God. Help people help help people to be be careful what they say and what wisdom to take in, God. We would not lean on our understanding. We wouldn't feel shame about the things that we believe or how lowly we feel or how we think other people are, are higher than us. No, God, you said through the Apostle Peter that all everyone in the body of Christ is in equal standing with one another.
thank you for today's message today, God. I break off heaviness. I break off confusion. I break off lust. Help us to endure the suffering, God, to not run from it, to embrace it, and come to you with it, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, just as I kind of prayed at the end there about um, enduring suffering, I think that you should, uh, if if you're kind of confused about, you know, what that means, I I did a message a while ago. Let me find it. Um, It's called... Um, Understanding Trials with Long Suffering. It's Season 4, Episode 1. Let me see if I have um, another one. Oh, I did it. Oh, I remember my uh, Understanding End Time Events. You guys should... uh, That was a really cool... I really enjoyed doing that message as well. I did a mental health series, a two-part series. That's Season 5, Episode 3. And then the second part is Season 5, Episode 6. Um, I did a two-part series uh, on how to trust God, uh, season five, episode nine, and then the second part was season six, episode two. So I've got stuff out, you guys. Please go listen to it. Take some time out of your day to grow in the Lord. If you feel like you're that kind of guy that's hard to just rest and stop, I I challenge you just to go talk to the Lord about that and say, Lord, you know, and if you feel shame about like just now coming to God about that, talk to him about that as well because wow that is it that is that is what i have been trying to find out what that is in my head and now i just wow thank you lord sometimes we feel shame when we feel when we when we when we receive new revelation and we go oh i wish i knew that and you feel so much shame because we're so caught up in everyone just resting in their spiritual pride and resting in their own wisdom instead of i can't trust in my own wisdom but I can trust in what God says and then I can put that into my heart and my brain and walk in that and and, and teach that. So, <clears throat> okay, um, let's see. Today's Tuesday, this Friday. I have another prophetic word. I'm super excited, you guys. Um, I know that I have been reading from Psalm and, you know, I, I, I think those have been really cool, but, you know, uh, I kind of would like to go back into a spontaneous moment of just saying what God is saying. So just pray for me on that. Please keep praying for my left leg as my left leg is really hurting. My shin's hurting. My ankle's hurting from playing basketball. I've been working out and uh, burning a bunch of cows and trying to lose weight. So school's going great. Uh, you know, I... Uh, I'm going through a little bit of a mental trial of a little bit deeper anxiety, but I'm just talking to the Lord, not letting my mind wander in those moments. And if it is, then I say, Lord, my mind's wandering right now and I don't want that. But if there's something you're doing in that right now, just help me to keep enduring suffering. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed my Proverbs 5 study. Next week, Proverbs 6, I'm so excited. It's my probably one of my favorite chapters we're going to get into because there's so many different topics that Solomon talks about in Proverbs 6. So if you want a prophetic word, email me. If you have questions about my podcast, if you have questions about the things I've taught, please email me. I thrive on constructive criticism. That's how I've gotten to this point by seeking fresh insights and willing to be correct on things that I've, that I, that I think are true. And, um, yeah, 
listen to my message on what are you feeding your heart? You know, I thought that was something that, you know, Lord was really teaching me in that moment in my life. So thank you so much for listening to today's Proverbs 5 study on Movius Ministries. This is your friend Josiah. God bless you.